Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Claire Chandler. Welcome back to Savvy Broadcasting. I'm so grateful to have you here today. We interviewed recently with your good associate, Ben Baker, but I'm so grateful to have you here today talking about a very important topic, which we talked about before the interview, and that is how to find good talent, how to stop bleeding great talent, and why it has little to do with what you're, who you're hiring, because people think, oh, I hired the people, and that must be why I'm not getting good talent or how I'm losing them, but that's not always the case, and now more than ever, businesses are worried. How do I keep talent? How do I train talent remotely? So you're going to help us share all of that. Uh, you're with Talent Boost. Is it talentboost.com? Uh, talentboost.net. .net, .net. Well, yep. welcome. Thank you, Christina. It's great to be back on your show. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, you betcha. So tell me, how did you get into working in the HR realm? And what has changed for you with you and your clients since the whole COVID thing came around? Oh boy! Um, so that's definitely a two-part. That's a, definitely a two-part question. So I um, I spent close to twenty years in uh, corporate America, and my last role before kind of taking the plunge out into the consulting world um, was as a vice president of, of human resources for a pretty large uh, energy and utility company, um, and that was you know great groundwork and great experience and background. Um, for kind of going out on my own. And, you know, there, there's, there's a bunch of reasons that I, that I decided to just sort of take my shot when I did and how I did. Um, but primarily it was, you know, kind of two things. One, I decided that if I'm going to play my biggest game and play full out, I was not going to be able to do that within the confines of a corporate box. Mm. Um, and two, I just felt like um, you know, where my passion was pulling me was in a different direction from the track that I was on, which was an executive track, um, you know, w- within, within corporate. So, yeah, so I, so I took my shot um, and formed my company uh, two years later. So I left corporate in 2011. Um, I formed Talent Biz in 2013 after, um, you know, a, a sort of a meandering journey um, through the consulting world to really try to dial in on what I was going to uniquely do, who I was going to uniquely serve and how I was going to make an impact um, and help them to make a bigger impact in their business. Yeah. And what I'm getting from you is uh, a lot of times I think people leave and say, I'm going to start a business and maybe they have one idea in mind, but their greatest gifts and talents are sometimes served in a different way for what people need in the marketplace. Oh, so true. Well, and, and what's interesting is in my case, um, I, you know, I left without a plan. I had a dream and a wish and a lot of energy and a lot of passion, but I had zero plan. I had no business plan. I had no backlog of clients. I didn't have, you know, a list of people I was going to start hitting up for business. Um, and, you know, for me, it wasn't this one grand idea. It was a smattering of smaller things that I knew that I could do well. Um, and then I hoped would turn into some sort of revenue generation, right? Mm. Um, and so that was part of my meandering journey over those two years was um, to really get focused and really get clear on, okay, I can do 150 different things, but what are the big things? What's the big impact that I really want to make? 
And maybe those other 150 are support legs and maybe some of those go away, right? Um, and I think a lot of founders, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of first-time business owners have that exact feeling. It's not, you know, it's sort of this fast food menu, right? Where you can pick a couple of items from column one and column two and pick yeah. your sides from column three. Um, but that's not where you make the biggest and the best impact. So it took me a while to kind of hone that down. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's great for people to hear that if they're sitting on the, on the fence saying, well, I could do this, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't be alarmed. Sometimes it takes an, an internal journey for a while to discover, you know, where am I best suited, my talents, my gifts that I can serve, and where is the marketplace need me? When I first started in financial consulting, I said, I'm going to teach everyone how to do this because I thought, you know, that would be great. And, uh, but everyone's like, I don't want to learn how to do finances. I want you to do it for me. So, you know, listening to what's needed and, you know, what you're good at is two different things. So what, yeah. So that's one thing. You know, and it's, and it's interesting just to that, to that point, you know, one of the things that I found, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and founders um, discover is it's, we, we get so enamored by the big idea that we come up with. And to your point, we kind of polish it up into this beautiful Ruby, right. And we throw it out into the marketplace and we're surprised to hear crickets because either it's it's only glamorous and attractive and alluring to us, or perhaps we would we didn't package it the right way. And what ends up being what clients gravitate toward us for, yeah. oftentimes is is something that we go, really? You don't already know how to do that? Well, I can do that in my sleep. Yeah, you want to pay me to show you how to do that? I'm happy to. But it's not the it's not the most obvious. Yeah, um, gift that we have to give. So it's so it's really interesting. Well, I think often our biggest greatest talents is what we take for granted. So we don't even notice it or pay attention to it. And and to that right. point, it's interesting. I had a CFO call me after putting together this amazing, I thought, amazing course. It took me weeks <laughs> to put together. And I sent it to him. The CFO was going to use it for his team, perhaps. He went over and he called me up and he said, this is crap. And a couple <gasps> of choice words I won't mention. Yeah. <laughs> and I was crushed. I was like, what are you talking about? Rocks. Um, but see, those situations that you go through are awesome not only to make you stronger, make you examine, okay, why didn't that work? Instead of saying, this yeah. is a failure, I can't do business. Um, yeah. Realizing, okay, why didn't this work? Why? And then, you know, going deeper, I realized for one, the people that wanted to hire me weren't interested in learning how to do what I do. They wanted me yeah. to do it. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it brings up this, this great myth about uh, perfection, right? We, we, we strive for perfection in what we want to offer the world. And our idea of perfection is not necessarily what the market regards as perfection. And so perfection is not only an elusive goal, it's a waste of time. Um, because that that sort of goal, it, those goalposts are constantly moving, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's really about getting um, comfortable with and okay with good enough, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the good enough offer, the good enough um, foot that you lead with. Yeah. And then going out to the market and saying, does this have traction? Does this resonate with you? Is this something that would bring you value? And if it does, great, go deeper. If it doesn't, you haven't gone so far down one road that, you know, like you found, you, you get, you know, that kind of reception, like this is total crap. 
<laughs> and, but you know what's great about it? Then you cross correct. It's like okay, you put it out there. It wasn't perfect, but you just did it. And now yeah. you get to you now you get to perfect it, or you know, put it out there in a way that's best for your client base. Exactly. Um, and, and yeah, so I love the cross correct pivot, cross correct. But now that's let's right. get to what people are going through right now, business owners, and that is how do I find good talent, keep good talent in this age post COVID, but a lot of remote working because uh, a lot of states are still on remote status, and we might be going yeah. back there for other states in the near future yeah 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 Yeah. you know it's it's interesting um every leader that i've ever worked with kind of comes to uh you know someday where they say the same thing which is i hired all the wrong people um i can't get to where i need to go because we just don't have the right the right talent um and that may in fact be correct at least to some to some degree but you're not in a position to actually say that in any verifiable way just yet. So, you know, for me, what I always kind of say back is you don't necessarily need to hire better talent. Mm-hmm. You need to hire talent better. And there's a very distinct difference between the two, right? Um, and I'm not talking about how you recruit. I'm talking about how you connect that talent outside of your organization attract the right talent absolutely but it's not a plug and play situation right so most hiring managers want the absolute ideal candidate who walks in off the street who does not need any sort of watering and feeding and nurturing and who you know goes from first day to superstar without any intervention mm-hmm. and you may have a diamond in the rough you may have your next CEO. You may have somebody who's going to stay with you for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years and steadily contribute. You may have somebody who only stays for one year, but boy, the impact that person makes. You're not going to get any of that if you don't make a deep connection. So it's not about throwing out your entire hiring process. What it's about is getting really, really clear, Mm. first of all, on what you are in business to accomplish and why that matters. Wow. And that sounds super simplistic, right? It sounds like, well, duh. Like if I didn't know why we were in business, why would I have a business? You'd be surprised how many people, when you ask them, what's your mission? What's your vision? Um, why, why, why are, you know, are you in business in the first place? Why are you in a leadership role in the first place? And what impact do you make? Either you get the deer in the headlights stare because they're sort of caught with a, wow, I really don't have a good answer to that. Or they say, well, it's crystal clear, you know, why we're in business and what we're here to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I say, hold that thought before you tell me what that is. I want to bring some of your people into the room because I want them to hear it. And then I have them continue. And they say that and they go, you know, our mission is this and our vision is that. and This is where we want to be. And I've never had an exception. To, to the following, where I look around the room and the rest of the people go, well, that's the first time I've ever heard it said that way. Wow. So, yeah. So there's this, this fundamental requirement of all companies to have clarity, clarity around their purpose. You know, Simon Sinek calls it why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just for the superstar companies. It is foundational to your growth as a company. It's foundational to your ability to attract the right talent, connect with that talent, put them in the right roles, give them the right motivation, um, support them with the right skills and the removal of barriers, et cetera. 
Um, so, you know, clarity is just something that so many companies, so many founders, so many leaders blow right past because they think, well, the answer to that is obvious or the answer to that is too simplistic to waste time on. And what I'm here to tell you is if you blow past that step and you don't get deep crystal clarity, your business will ultimately fail. You know, this is so fascinating to me because I've worked for countless organizations, um, both an employee and a consultant. And one of the things uh, I would get is, oh, yes, uh, we're here to help clients in this manner and this is what we do. But often it'll be cookie cutter. Like you'll hear the exact same thing said by the same type of company a million times. Oh, yeah. It's really, there's no energy or, or inf behind it. And then the first day you show up for work and they say, there's your desk, there's the work later, and they got. And oh, there's no training. Absolutely. I can't say how many places I've been at like that where I've started and I, I had to transform. One has zero a, uh, AR, accounts receivable set up, yeah. no credit process, no nothing. I, I, I created from the ground up, which is great, you know, because I got to be yeah. creative and do what I like to do. But um, it, it left me no direction on what they as the company or maybe the owner wanted for their business. It was like, all right, I'll go just take it and run with this puppy. Uh, yeah. So it might not be best, you know, what you want. I, I always try to put wherever I work their needs and see, try to put myself in their, in their feet. What does this company need? What are they trying to accomplish? And give them what they need. But not all employees will do that. So not having a good vision. I mean, the, the employees can't get behind it if you don't know what it is. That's exactly right. And, and I'll, you know, speaking of cookie cutter, I'll go you one better. Every company that I've ever seen post a job somewhere on the, on the internet, on LinkedIn, on a job board, et cetera, or even internally, one of the things they say as they describe their culture and what they're looking for is entrepreneurial spirit, right? They are looking for people to think outside of the box, who have an entrepreneurial spirit, who are not afraid to take risks, uh, you know, who bring their best ideas, their best talent every day, right? All that sounds familiar. Because they all go to, you know, jobdescription.com and they download. You know, <laughs> that, that right. And what happens, right? You already see where the end of the story is going. They hire people based on that. They advertise based on that. And that's the brand promise. And they don't deliver that. By and large, most companies don't have an entrepreneurial bone in their body. They don't have an entrepreneurial culture. And if you dare to show entrepreneurial spirit, which is translated into your unique goofiness that should come out and express itself in ways that feed you into your, your, you know, your genius zone so that you can contribute in leaps and bounds toward the ridiculous success of a company. That's not what they do. They do exactly what you just described. They say, here's your cubicle, here's your desk, here's your binder with all the materials that you're going to need to be a success. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to tell you I have an open door policy, but you will never see the other side of that door. Exactly. Unless you get yelled at. <laughs> Unless I'm calling you in like you're going to the principal's office and then you drag your little, you know, your little uh, file folder behind you because you know you're about to get slapped for something. Right. And you don't know why. But you know what's interesting about that? I recall, this is so funny, Claire. I remember uh, going in for a consulting gig and um, the agency who hooked me up said, okay, I told them. They said they wanted someone who had entrepreneurial spirit, who's kind of been out there and making things happen and transforming departments. So they so want what you have to deliver. So I went there and it was a French company and the guys spoke with a French accent. And I went in there and I started to pitch how I could transform the department, use some of my entrepreneurial skills. Here's what I've done for other companies. And the guy exploded. He's like, I don't want someone who don't follow rules. I want someone who follows and takes orders. I said, I'm thinking to myself, well, how, how does that work for you so far? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, right. right there. Yeah. 
didn't. So, I mean, you're, you're a living example of this. And we've all been there. We have all, um, you know, bought into the hype of a job description that promises an entrepreneurial culture where you are rewarded for taking risks. Mm. What is the last company culture you've ever been a part of that actually rewarded the, you know, failing forward? Mm-hmm. They're few yeah. and far between. Now, why is that, and, you think? What, 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 what's your experience on that? Because we say we want failure forward, but what we really want is success the first time. We want plug and play success, right? We want no uh, we want to be unique in our market. We want to be unique in the industry, but we want to do it in a way that doesn't take a lot of time to get from zero to ridiculously prosperous. <laughs> um, and so it it takes um, an amazing backbone, and it takes a high degree of tolerance for the right kind of failure. Um, and a lot of leaders don't, don't know how to discern the difference, right? There, there is such a thing as failing forward. Um, but this comes back to how do you encourage that, right? How do you, how do you build a culture around that, especially in a remote environment like we have right now? Um, and it goes back to that, to that clarity that we spoke of. Any leader of any company of any size at any point in their evolution can stop today and get in touch with perhaps for the first time mm-hmm. why they're in business, what they are there to do, and why that matters. Mm-hmm. They've got to do that groundwork. And it doesn't matter how long they've been in business. If they don't have that answer to the point where everybody on their team gets it, they're consistent about it, and here's the kicker. They see the connection between what their individual role is and how that advances the mission of the company. Mm-hmm. Until you have that, you don't have a thriving business. Um, and so any leader listening to this can take five minutes, 15 minutes, a day, a week, whatever they're willing to invest, but it doesn't have to be a huge chunk of time to get to that, that level of clarity. Because now what happens is, whether you're hiring your first employee or your 10,000 first employee, you now have an opportunity to use that clarity, that newfound clarity, as a guidepost for decisions, mm-hmm. for hiring, for advancement, for rewards and recognition, right? For definitions of roles. Um, you know, I, I really want to kind of pause for, for a beat and really talk about the remote workforce because obviously with, with COVID, um, most companies have been forced into some degree of, of remote working. Mm-hmm. And if they've never done that before, um, they really had to scramble and figure it out quite quickly. And, you know, of course, if you've gone from a situation where communication was face-to-face, um, where, you know, meetings could be ad hoc, you know, when you run into somebody in, in a hallway and kind of figure out a problem on the fly, now you have to be a little bit more intentional, a little bit more deliberative in how you reach out, how you connect, and how you get work done. Um, the opportunity right now, so kind of going back to that, you know, kind of back of the envelope, getting to clarity. Yeah. Every business right now has an opportunity before they even hire another person to re-onboard the people that they have. Mm. Because I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. Yeah. You may have all the right talent, but they're not perhaps in the, in the right roles. Or they don't have the right skills because they don't know which skills they need because they're not sure where you're going and how they contribute to it. So they certainly don't have the right motivation, right? And that's kind of the, that's the holy grail. Yeah. right? You want the right people in the right roles. Absolutely. 
but don't stop there. You want them also to have the right skills and the right motivation. So there's an opportunity for every business, every leader to re-onboard their employees. And I don't mean bringing out the binder of HR paperwork for them to complete. I mean, literally making that deeper connection on a, on a, you know, a visionary level, uh, on an emotional level between what you're in business to do, why that matters, and making the connection for each individual employee on how they can make a difference and, you know, and truly impact the outcome of that organization. Yeah, I love that because you, you hit something very, very important, which I do not ever hear, oddly, in most of the people I've talked to regarding HR, and that is true, true connection with their people. It's all about what can I get out of them? And I'm like, these are real people we're yeah. talking about. These are not machines that you could just press a button. Okay, oh. I got enough out of you. Get it out of now, or I'm done. Let me just turn you off. Um, these yeah. are real life people who have talents and gifts that if you know, if you're able to utilize their best talents and gifts, you can both help each other. They're able to help yep. you grow and they're able to feel like, hey, I've contributed and been part of something. Yeah, yeah. Your, your people are, are, are the engine, right? And you as a leader have, have two feet on two different pedals. You're either on the brake or you're on the, you're on the accelerator, on the gas pedal. And connection is that acceleration. And until and unless you're doing that, in, in truly authentic, intentional ways, your foot is on the brake. Yeah. You're not going to go forward. You're not going to rev up your people, and you're certainly not going to get to the destination that you're trying to reach. Yeah, and no one's going to be inspired to want to help contribute if they don't know, for one, where you want to go. And then if you right. call them in, let's say, okay, I've had this brainstorm. Okay, now I know what the vision is for my company, and y'all don't mostly fit. Uh, they've been here <laughs> to this point, right. helping you get to where you got to. Let's see as a team, what can we do? Here's my vision. Let's see if we can pool our resources, our skills, our talents, our gifts, and, and throw this out of the park. Because to be yeah. a perfect example, I worked as a consultant in one company, and they had a tremendous saleswoman, and she was hired for sales. But they had her doing a whole bunch of spreadsheets, um, you know, to do like, uh, you know, figuring out the projection of, of the sales and the possible, you know, orders they could do in the future. She has no business doing spreadsheets. She did not know how to do, do spreadsheets. They looked horrible. They were a mess. And I was like, immediately I sat down with the owner. I said, we need to get her off spreadsheets. That ain't her thing. Her genius yeah. is sales. Like get her on the phone, get her out there <laughs> meeting clients. That is her genius. So, I mean, yeah, just really tapping in and letting them feel part of the process. Yeah. Well, and, and it's such a great example because you didn't, you didn't kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? You didn't say, well, because her role involves spreadsheets and she's not good at spreadsheets, therefore she's not the right fit for the organization. Yeah. And what you could very clearly see what perhaps others didn't was we don't know yet if she's not a good fit for the organization, but she's not a good fit for this specific role because we're trying to put her into a box that is so outside her genius zone. She never has a shot of true contribution here. So the fact that you saw that you called it out and you stood up to say, let's unlock her genius and stop parking her desk on the brake pedal. You really unlocked something there and you, and you got both her and the organization to move forward. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do that. I mean, you like, I love that you said that in the beginning that it's not about throwing out, you know, a, and what is the title we chose? It was a perfect title because it was uh, how to stop bleeding talent and what well, little to talent. do with who you're hiring. Because yeah. people think, oh, all right, it's not working, fire them. And well, and, and so here's the other thing. Those people who say, okay, fire them, then you say, all right, go ahead, get that done. And they go, whoa, well, not, I can't do that. I don't, I don't like confrontation, 
Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, and we've all been there. We've all seen those leaders. Some of us have been those leaders. Here's the other beauty about getting to crystal clear clarity. I told, you know, I said, that's kind of a GPS. It's a guidepost, right? It becomes very clear who does belong in the company, even if they're in a different role, right? Even if they're in a, in a misaligned role, we can, we can fix that. Mm-hmm. But who should be in the company and who doesn't fit? And what it ends up doing is the clearer you are about, you know, the, the business, your, your what and your why, the people who don't align with that, who don't connect with that, with whom that message does not resonate, will self-select out of your organization. They will. They, I, and I've seen it. I've seen it happen as I've helped companies grow and, and, you know, transform their departments. People who don't feel comfortable there will just say, I'm looking for another position. I, I don't feel comfortable here anymore. It's different than when I started. And it's true. It is different. It's growing in a different direction, but that's good. And you're right. That happens in, in life too. As you grow as a person, sometimes people grow like seasons change. People will drop yeah. off. They don't fit in your now Grow, you know, growth span or wherever you are in life. Um, but this has been, we could go on for a long time, but I want folks <laughs> to find out where they can find out more about you, how they can work with you. And you gave the um, website at the beginning of the interview. Do it again, please. Sure. Uh, so they can find me actually at talentboost.net. But if they want to connect with me uh, on a deeper level, uh, it's clairechandler.net. They can learn more about me. There are some really great free resources that leaders can download and immediately apply some value to their business. And if they want to hop on a, a quick call with me, no cost, no obligation, there are a variety of ways for them to do that. That's fabulous. Well, it's been wonderful chatting with you again, Claire. Uh, the first conversation was just as brilliant, and this is wonderful. Thank you for coming to Savvy Broadcasting again to share your great talent. Thank you. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.